Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to 15-Minute Free Thinking. And if you're new to the podcast, I appreciate you coming to check it out. Today I'm doing something different. My name is Carpo, for those who don't know, and I'm going to make a little bit of a change for this particular podcast. For one, I have a video recording going, and for my Patreon patrons, I have extras and other discussions after the podcast is over. But the main thing here is that I'm going to talk about something that's quite controversial, which you can probably already assume by the title. More than that, I'm going to be reading something that I wrote back in April of this year. I wrote this April 23rd of 2020. Now, it was May 25th, just a month and two days after I wrote this, when I hadn't quite finished it. When I write a podcast, I like to make a few changes and whatnot to it. It's basically a blog sometimes that I wanted to turn into a discussion and read. Well, it was George Floyd that happened a month later. So I put it on the back burner because I knew even bringing up the police might be a major issue of contention for a lot of people. And people get very personal about these things. (coughs) Pardon me. So the first thing I'd like to do is thank a few of my patrons, and Jacob Stevenson, Charles Castaneda, Stephen, Ryan L., Pierre Brew, and Seamus Broderick are some of my newest patrons, and I appreciate your support. I'm doing my best to support extra information and knowledge on Patreon and some, you know, whatever I can do to contribute and help others out, but my patrons can always ask if they want something. Or they have a particular, you know, idea. Um, Have you ever heard of a delayed warrant? Or a secret indictment? Which, personally, I've had one against me. Um, What about civil forfeiture? I think most of us have heard of these things. Um, at, At least one of them at one time or another. Civil forfeiture is probably the one that you've heard of. It's basically that the police can take whatever they want from you at any time. And you have very little recourse to get your cash back or anything back without proving your own innocence. And um, the poorest communities are the most affected by this. So I'm going to talk more about this at the end and the real implications of it. But first I'd like to read something I wrote, as I said, back in April called Authority, Broken Oaths, and the Failure of Honesty. So, what does it take for you to feel secure in your own home? Do you rely on the police? Sorry, the screen went dark. Do you rely on the police and the government to protect you against crime and chaos? If you depend on others, as if we depend on others, let me start over here. First off, (laughs) I want to make it clear that this is not an anti-police or an anti-authority, some anarchist's view on things. Um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to start over here. What does it take for you to feel secure in your home? 
Do you rely on the police and the government to protect against crime and chaos? If we depend on others as our sole protectors, we are contributing to one of the biggest problems we have in the country, the excess use and abuse of power by those who have sworn to protect our Constitution. We have been immersed in the drug war, the culture war, and the slow creation of a police state for so long, the slow decay of our liberties has slipped by unnoticed. The consistent failures of every agency from local police departments to the ATF, from courtrooms to the internal investigations by police on one another, has made it clear that if we want to feel truly safe, it will only be as good as the illusion we create for ourselves. Nobody has an issue with the legal system until they become part of it, and things quickly change once you walk through that door. I will not deny there are some people who do not belong in a civilized society, though it is unfortunate that many of them are the very people we pay to protect us. To compare cults with police departments is not too far off base. In a cult, they control through fear. They have a leader. The only difference is police are their own leaders for one team, and it often differs from what the people hired them to do. But this is not a hatred for police, nor government. When these elements operate properly, a safe and civil society can take hold. And for a time, we may have been headed there. In this country, something happened when we began arming police with tanks, grenades, automatic weapons, then to add to the problems, officers who do not know the locals or walk the beat any longer. There is a separation, the us and them mentality that takes place. But local police arresting you on the corner for smoking a joint or slamming you to the street for jaywalking or shooting you in the back for running these are merely the tip of the iceberg. When it comes to agencies like the FBI, the CIA, and the ATF, the crimes committed by these agencies through the years could make even the most hardened cartels cringe by their very nature. We have lists of assassination targets by our own government during the 1960s and 70s and beyond. Radicals, protesters, rebels, and troublemakers. Anyone who dare speak up for their rights. We had Project MKUltra, our own government, our own mind control experiments, where unwitting patients were institutionalized and fed vast amounts of LSD and other antipsychotics, mere guinea pigs, for the new psychiatric drugs. Not just soldiers, but ordinary citizens, and these were not held by cartels or Yakuza, but by our own tax dollars, our own agencies, our protectors, <laughs> by definition, as pathetic as it may sound. These are all documented and declassified facts that are hard to stomach for many. They are merely ignored by many. In the past, not our problem, but do you think they just quit and moved on to purely legal methods? You can tell yourself that if you want to. 
but we know it isn't true. And all the while, white-collar America continued on their ignorant, well, often in spite of the fact that we were killing any voices that dare dispute the status quo. Then there are the stories of the lone citizens living in a cabin, where the official narrative is that a nutcase stocks up on guns, moves off to nowhere, in order to, what, fight the government? <laughs> this is hardly the case. You may have heard of Ruby Ridge, where a man named Randy Weaver was in just that situation. The ATF spent four long years trying to get him to work with them in a sting operation. He refused. He had moved to the woods with his wife and three children. At one point, he sold two sawed-off shotguns to an undercover agent who had continually pressured him, as many cases of entrapment go. To tell the whole story here would be far off topic, but it is a story that we all should know. They surrounded his house, shot his 13-year-old son, then a sniper missed him and shot his wife while he was standing in the doorway. At the end of the standoff, he surrendered and spent 18 months in jail for the weapons charge, in spite of losing half his family over nothing. In the end, he did win a settlement, but what good is money when you lose your family? To save face, after the incident, the ATF was close to losing funding due to many past failures and poor results. It was at this time they decided to find a bigger case to show they were worthy of keeping around. <laughs> the story goes there was this cult leader down in Texas, a little place called Waco, and the rest is history. The same agents from Ruby Ridge also worked on Waco. And if you only knew what you have heard on the news, you would think that David Koresh was a complete insane cult leader. And to be honest, I couldn't disagree with that assessment. However, I was born in the U.S., and in this country you are free to believe whatever you want and be as weird as you choose, so long as you leave others alone to choose for themselves. A cult might be borderline when it comes to free choice, but it is still a fucking choice. And for the most part, the government would have agreed, had it not been for the fact that he was said to have purchased and possibly altered a small arsenal of firearms in his compound at Mar Mount Carmel. Despite anyone's opinion on firearms, it is a Second Amendment right, and therefore I would expect any large group trying to protect themselves, to have proper defenses. <laughs> it may seem like I'm an apologist for a cult, and in a way, I guess I am. But let's get to the point. The siege lasted 52 long days. According to those in the compound, the police fired first, and they fired back, killing four agents. This started an almost two-month-long standoff ultimately costing the lives of 76 Branch Davidians, including 20, 25 children, not to mention the $13 million in tax dollars. It was one of the biggest travesties by our government that was televised and had that kind of media sensation. 
Why do I bring up this specific case? Because according to those who were in the compound, it was the tear gas that was pumped into the building by tanks and knocked over by the lamps that started the fire. The story goes they intended to send the children out, but the, they were trapped by the fire and they all perished. If you listen to the official narrative, you'll hear that the Davidians fired on officers, and after 52 days, they started a fire and burned themselves alive. This hardly sounds plausible, considering how adamant they were to defend themselves and being Christians. Suicide is not acceptable, and in this case, their beliefs play an important role in determining what may have happened. In both cases, Ruby Ridge as well as Waco, the overreach of government police and a lack of proper procedure led to the loss of lives. With no rhyme or reason, it seems that once a team of police, the FBI, the ATF, or any other agency has their sights set on someone, they will never back down and must save face. You will never hear an admission of failure, and very rarely will anyone be punished for poor choices. And these are the choices that cost lives and livelihoods. When Timothy McVeigh detonated a bomb in Oklahoma in 1995, he said it was in response to the abuse and overreach of the federal government after seeing what happened in Waco and elsewhere. And the cycle continues. An eye for an eye, a few pissed groups, and a lot of angry people who have lost loved ones. Then it all fades from the public eye. And this is not random. This is a recurring pattern. Remembering the failures of our own government has never been a strong point for us. The blame is always on the criminal, regardless of fault, as the police will almost never admit a mistake. And they have little oversight. But those who are in charge most often side with the officers. The ATF, for example, has not had a director, as of the time of the writing of this writing, in over 10 years due to Congress and holdups. But they like it that way. These agencies have a free reign to do whatever they feel without any observance from the public some of these three-letter agencies are so far outside the legal system they have no requirements to follow the law or the very constitution they're sworn to uphold. Just as large companies are said to be too big to fail, many irrelevant and outdated agencies like the ATF merely change to a new acronym and start all over again. The public, for what it's worth, have ignored these injustices for too long. Unless you have personally been in the system, spent time in jail, or the courts, you may have no idea how corrupted and disgusting the justice system really is. It's beyond a mess. It's become about funding and seizing property. Instead of making the country safer, in fact, the ATF has been accused several times of seeking out and confiscating collectors' guns rather than street weapons, because they can be sold for more at auction, giving more funding to the agency. <clears throat> Pardon me for a moment. <clears throat> hey, it's real talk. What can I say? Mm. 
This is all too common for local police forces as well. As civil for forfeiture allows them to take your money, your car, or any valuables without charging you with any crime. And you may not get it back. I will repeat that. The police can pull you over, ask if you have a large amount of money, and if you answer yes, they can take it from you, send you on your way, and claim it was for drugs. This happens all the time. In some places, it's so bad that the federal government eliminated the ability for departments to keep what they seize, as it promotes harassment for profit. I don't know why people would tell police how much money they have, but then again, I don't know why a cop would ask a stranger for that either. When civil forfeiture comes into the mix, it becomes clear what is happening. The courts continue adding fines, keeping people in perpetual debt, and the cycle continues. I won't even get into the cost of private prisons. Policing for profit is just part of the bigger picture. Nobody cares until it happens to them. To live in the civil society, however we may define it, requires a few basic rules that we can agree on. And while we may never agree on all ideas, we should start with what we expect from those who we pay to protect us from danger. For one, all police, as well as federal police agencies, should have as much, if not more, training in de-escalation as they do in using their firearms. And it seems that mentally ill people are called far, killed far too often without a discussion about this. Victimless crimes, such as drug use, are never a reason to physical harm physically harm someone during an arrest. It is completely unacceptable. Uh, running away from a store after shoplifting should never be an excuse to punch and beat down somebody when they're caught. Selling loose cigarettes should not get you choked to death. Driving erratically or stealing a car is not a reason for 10 cop cars to chase them through town at 100 miles per hour on the freeway. Often the police are more concerned with being shown up or proven wrong than actually saving lives, and under pressure this can become extremely transparent and very clear. No agency should be able to keep funds they confiscate, that is a complete conflict of interest, as well as quotas to fill, and profiling junk cars because those with no means cannot fight back and might just might have some drugs in their pocket. It's completely unacceptable. On top of all this, we find that officers lie about their reasons for harassing people. And when caught in their lie, they lie on the stand anyway. Police are caught planting drugs to make an arrest or cheating, creating traps in small towns to pull people over going one mile over the speed limit to fill the town's lack of funds to operate. Policing for profit is a very common practice, especially in smaller communities. In the cities, we just fill the jails and prisons so we can ask for, ask for more tax dollars. Without restitution or education, sending people to prison or jail for minor offenses only makes matters worse. For a nation that only has 5% of the world's population, the U.S. holds well over 20% of the world's prisoners. Think about that for a minute. Most people give it no thought until they themselves are a victim of abuse by authority. 
One random day you're accused of something you did not do, treated like a criminal, and you sit in a concrete cell. It's not fun. <laughs> Seldom does anything to fix the underlying problem. The people who are the most marginalized and have no power are used by the system as pawns to gather more tax dollars or to fill a quota. Those who have enough money, however, can merely buy their way out of jail or lobby the courts to change the laws for them. But although many of the problems stem from local and state police, what about these three-letter agencies that take up our tax dollars? How can we make them accountable and make sure they'll not be used excessive force on those who do not require it? How do we monitor and grade these agencies and hold them to the standards? They took an oath to uphold. Well, in short, we can't. At this point, the separation of people and their government is so vast, one can hardly see the other side of the valley. Voices and complaints go unheard. Lawsuits over false arrests and raids are ignored or denied. There is an unspoken delusion out there among many that the cops are always right. And if you don't want to get in trouble, just don't break the law. But that argument is so weak I can barely address it. I guarantee each of you know someone who has been wronged by the courts or the police, or you may, may, may know many. It is one of those facts of life for far too many citizens, and it's much worse in areas with lower income. With poverty comes crime. But why is there poverty? Please ask yourself, who are the real criminals out there? The ones who buy and sell drugs in the streets? Or the ones who sell them in packages on the shelves? When was the last time you saw a pharmaceutical CEO go to jail for misrepresenting a dangerous product? It doesn't happen very often. Too big to fail is what we're told. And when the police are fired for misconduct, as rare as it is, they keep their pension and salary. I see a problem here. As any other citizen broke the law or wronged another, they would be charged and fined, not given more money. The real criminals out there more often wear uniforms, as well as suits and ties, not street clothes. And not only do they know better, but they seldom even need the money. The reason we have petty criminals is partially due to a system that rewards white-crawler crime with a handshake and uses the poor as pawns for tax revenue. <laughs> this may sound dark, and it is, but it's reality, and reality is reality. If you don't have a good lawyer and enough for bail, good luck to you. Enjoy your stay. Most of the low-level criminals and drug dealers are merely trying to make it by in a society that has fewer options every year. This does not excuse bad behavior or selling poison, but it does bring to light the reality that drugs always find their way to the user, and punishing drug dealers may have some merit, but throwing people in jail for using drugs is a travesty and goes nowhere. Oregon recently decriminalized drugs. This was an update for when I first wrote this. So we will see how that turns out. But I will imagine the policing resources could do better used looking for crime than harassing a guy smoking a joint. 
These inconsistencies in how we treat our citizens and the way that those in charge always get away scot-free makes one wonder if things will ever change. The system is far too complex today, and we have no recourse if we get eaten up by it, unless, of course, you have enough money. With enough of, enough of that stuff, you can buy your way out of just about anything. Is this justice? I'm not so sure if we know what justice is anymore. And what's worse, many do not concern themselves with it until they're personally affected. But in my view, it is a travesty. Remember this. Even the strange guy down the street has a story. It's not that the police seek people out by chance. It's us telling on one another. This guy seems unstable, or that guy has a lot of wives. Regardless of the reasons, consider that being odd does not equate to being a danger. Nor does being a drug dealer or selling counterfeit products. We have to use caution before we ask the police or any other agency for help. U.S. citizens depend far too often on another authority to solve their own problems, and that is a weakness. Cops don't always solve problems, so if you can, at least try to deal with it yourself. An example of this is how people have been caught calling the police on groups of people who are breaking quarantine, and this is another updated section here, and going out to parks or gathering in groups for the holidays. To clarify, this was written during the coronavirus pandemic of 2020, and to what end do we call the police? So the police can show up, arrest people for breaking the law, and then throw them in jail with more potential for interaction? It makes no sense. It's just an example of where many people just need to learn to deal with things themselves or mind their own damn business. Because we can solve our own problems, but if we rely on others or the government to do it for us, we pay the price of a police state before we realize what happened. And too many times the things we consider problems are merely misunderstandings. Talking with people goes a long way. When police are bored, they tend to find even the most minimal infractions worthy of their time. And likewise, in larger cities, they spend more time on important issues and less time on some trivia trivialities. There is no consistency because being an authority is complicated. And one has to deal with that. I do understand that being in a position of power and authority brings some risks and difficulties. But it is never an excuse for an excessive force. Ever. Whether it be a guy smoking a joint or a whole compound full of children. If you are hired to do a job, you owe the people you work for to understand how to do it efficiently and lawfully. There's no excuse you have only two hours of de-escalation training each year when so many police lose their cool under the slightest of pressure. I suppose one might mention the military surplus the police departments have been buying over the past few decades, to the point where even some small towns have a tank for their SWAT team. And when you have that kind of firepower, it's only a matter of time till you find somewhere to use it. For too many people have been killed in poorly executed raids, many times in the wrong house, or on bad intelligence. So let's try to do better. Let's demand responsibility and accountability by those who are in charge and work harder for a better future. 
Maybe we bring back the stockade for small infractions and the guillotine for the bankers. <laughs> Just kidding. But not really. I'm not sure what we can do about a police state. If anything, we cannot recognize that the system works for itself. It's not some conspiracy or hatred for authority, but rather a recognition that any time power is concentrated in the hands of a few, it gets abused. History repeats itself, as it always has, until society becomes aware of its own needs and failures. Remembering that the police, FBI, DEA, CIA, and every other agency is paid with our hard-earned dollars. We deserve transparency and honesty. When a sworn officer makes a mistake or breaks the law, they need to be charged, just like any other citizen. Otherwise, the power structure is not with the people any longer. And without accountability, we are merely a police state. Is that what we really want? I do not think so. So be safe out there. Thanks for listening. Thanks to my subscribers. Thanks to my uh, patrons. If you would like to become a patron and get the extras on this one and watch the video, um, head over to patreon.com slash carpo719 and uh, let me know what you think. Have a great night, my friends, and you all take care.